York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Man, man, man. What's going on? It's Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show here to give you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And I bet you didn't think that the Knicks would see a three-game winning streak anytime soon. But today, that just happened. The Knicks beat the Dallas Mavericks 107 to 77. Gunshots out here for Knicks Nation. Uh, let's talk about these stats. Randall with 26 points, 5 assists, and 8 rebounds. RJ Barrett with 18 points, 4 assists, and 7 rebounds. Mitchell Robinson with an upset stomach, had like a, almost like a Mitch Jordan game, where he played sick and still gave you 11 points, 11 rebounds, and 3 blocks. Evan chips in with 10. Burke chips in with 15. Out-rebound the squad, 72 to 50. We were leading at one point by 32 points, and the Knicks dismantled the Dallas Mavericks with its defense, having our best defensive performance of the year, holding them to 77 points. And man, I can't believe it. I just saw today Ryan G. The Knicks on a three-game winning streak, and, and now we're looking at this thing like, are we going to? Make the play-in? Like, what is happening right now with Knicks Nation? I don't get it. First, you want to throw in a towel. Now people want to make the play-in. Now Tips is playing the kids when it wasn't a couple of weeks ago. Everything is all topsy-turvy, and we're going to talk about it all. But before we talk about it, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button, and please comment under this so we so we can talk. So, you know, just let the algorithms know that you're feeling the KOT show all right um yeah and before i even get to the details of the game we already know what it is i'm gonna introduce my guy the man the myth the legend the guy with the stats and the facts ryan g's in the building knicks have have done a miraculous turnaround <laughs> after the last few weeks three four weeks of the of the season and now whew, now the knicks are pretty much in that mid middle area right now it's like at first, we thought, okay, the Knicks are going to continue to lose games. We're going to get a better draft pick. So, you know, maybe we could look towards drafting maybe Ivy or somebody like that in the draft. And now and now the team has turned around. Now you're like, okay, now we can make the play-in and maybe even make the playoffs. So, it's interesting time to be a Knicks fan right now. A very interesting time. There's a lot of people over here in Team Tank. And Team Tank is pissed right now. They had Ivy in their eyes and their hearts and dreams. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now, Ryan G., um, with these new lottery odds, there's not a guarantee that we're going to uh, tank for Ivy or anybody in the top four. We already know, we got R.J. Barrett with the worst record in the NBA, and we dropped to number three. And all these other teams who had bad records weren't even in the top four. So uh, these new lottery odds are what I call um, um, unpredictable. So the tanking yeah. strategy um, doesn't really bode as well as it used to. So I'm not really with team tank in general. Um, but you know what? We're going to table this conversation about because Ryan G posed a, a good question. Does this win? Uh, this win brings us closer to the play in, right? Because the play in is, is is very much in reach now. Well, not very much, but it's possibly in reach, especially when you're looking at the teams ahead of us and, and the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets and, and the New Jersey Nets. All three teams are plummeting right now. 
are some of them are plummeting right now anyway. <laughs> and with the Knicks on the rise and the, our better play, it's, it's quite feasible that an upset can happen, especially if you're looking at these Atlanta Hawks, where we have, actually have a better record than them. We can actually end up, you know, beating them into a playing spot because of our dominance over them this season. So wouldn't that be a sight to see? <laughs> yes, sir, most definitely. And they mentioned it on um, the postgame show, um, Alan Hahn and, Wall- and Wally Zerbeck, because they basically said that the Knicks have another game with the Hawks remaining, and they have two more with the Hornets remaining. And those teams are basically holding 9-10 and 10 right now. So if the Knicks continue to win and they beat those teams, we could possibly see the Knicks in a play-in. Possibly see the Knicks in the play-in. And uh, I, I would have bet money a few weeks ago that that wasn't even going to happen. I wouldn't even foresee a three-game winning streak. But, I mean, these guys these guys are playing. They said it themselves, we were close. We were so close. We were close in the Phoenix game. We were close in all these other games. And they're playing like they're close. And it looks like we actually might be close. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Before we even get into that discussion, I mean, kind of table, we kind of went into it a little bit already. Let's talk about the actual game. Because this game was pretty fascinating because, you know, it's Leon Rose. Leon Rose's birthday, first of all. So, gunshots for Leon Rose happy birthday. Um, so, the Knicks already has some extra incentive because it's Leon Rose's birthday. And you don't want to piss off the boss on his birthday, all right? <laughs> first and foremost, rule number one. Rule number two, Julius Randle is coming back home to Dallas where he likes, you know, where he gets his home cooking. And you already know every time Julius Randle plays Dallas, he he has like an X on him and he wants to show out. And that's exactly what happened today. But the thing is, when you saw this first quarter, this, even this first half, you wouldn't look at Julius Randle and go, oh, this is the game where Julius Randle gonna, is going to cook. Like, he was one, what, I think one for eight in the first half alone. So like, yeah, I don't even know where this came from. So, yeah, yo, go ahead, Ranji. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was just, no, just going to say that Julius Randle was definitely pressing in the first quarter because you have to remember the last game where he dropped 46, it was against the Kings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last game he dropped 46. Julius Randle was making quick decisions. Like, he just got the ball, and he even said it in the postgame um, conference itself. He was like, I, was got, I just got the ball, and I was just thinking in my, in my mind, just shoot. He wasn't, he wasn't you know, complicating the game for himself. And this game, you could, you could see that he was complicating the game for himself, especially in the first quarter, because he, whenever he got the ball, instead of just moving immediately, it's like he was waiting to see what the defense was going to do. And that's why I, feel, I felt like he struggled. Instead, you know, and on top of that, um, he wasn't hitting his shots. You know, he wasn't reading the double teams and things of that nature. So I feel like that's why he got off to that slow stop. But luckily for him, the other team picked it up. You know, yeah, yeah. Like for me, what I saw, what I saw from Julius Randle is that man was chucking to me. Like I feel like this man was Chuck Chuckington. He got the ball a few times in the first, <laughs> and he and he was just isoing um, one dribble pull ups with low ball movement. And he, the the shot selection to me in that first two quarters were absolutely horrible. And we're looking at this this team in the Dallas Mavericks. Their center is six nine. Drive this ball down their throat. Pause. <laughs> 
right? Because you were, <laughs> because you were Julius Randle. You were faster. You're stronger than anybody else on this team. But you're out here settling for pull-up mid-range jumpers with a man in your face, and it just did not seem like it made any sense to me. And um, you know, eventually you figured it out. But but kudos to um the other cast members because we had R.J. Barrett who picked it up a little bit in the first quarter, and we also had. Mitchell Robinson, who had his Mitch Jordan game, <laughs> this guy was battling some some stomach flu, and every time a ball was missed, you saw Mitch gobbling up gobbling up offensive rebounds, catching loss from R.J. Barrett, and once again saving a day. Only played six minutes in the first quarter, but the Mitch proved once again why you gotta pay this man. <laughs> you just have to pay this man because he just cleans up so many mistakes. Right. Yeah, man. Anything to add about Mitch, man? I was... <laughs> oh well, um, yeah, Mitch definitely came out all guns blazing. To, I I think what within like the first six minutes, like you said, he played, already had six points, three rebounds. So this guy just came out the gates, just energized, and you always get these kind of games from Mitch where he just looks so dominant. Like there's like it's like at times like nobody can stop him that's what it looks like at times and this was definitely one of those games but like you said dallas is a small team and mitch took advantage of that which he should and the Knicks as a whole took advantage of that because i think they out rebounded they out rebounded dallas 55 to 37 so the Knicks did what they were were supposed to do you have the size advantage crash the boards get rebounds and Mitch definitely led in that category. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I was I was nervous too because Mitch got in foul trouble, Sims got in foul trouble, and RJ got in foul trouble in that first quarter. And I was like, oh, man, we're in trouble because, you know, half of our team is in foul trouble already. Even though our defense was good, I was, I was hoping that none of our guys fouled out. Lo and behold, we figured it out. That second quarter, the second quarter comes. Ryan, the second quarter comes, KOT fam, and like a, a familiar thing happens. We ha- we have our team, right? We we got IQ in the game. We got Deuce McBride in the game, right? We got Taz Gibson the stretch the stretch five in the game. And you have R.J. Barrett in the game, and once again, defensively, the Knicks just put on a a freaking masterclass. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Luca is sitting down, and they just put the clamps on everybody. RJ is running them up. They couldn't stop him. They they they, they couldn't stop him. RJ RJ took, put the team on his back and was going to the hole at will. The rest of the guys was playing supporting roles, and it just seems like everything was going the, the, the Knicks way in that second that second quarter. I I don't know. Whenever you have RJ Barrett, IQ, and McBride together. It seems like good things happen. And even Alec Burks, when he played with that second unit, he kind of fit in perfectly. Because, listen, we don't have Cam, so we kind of undersized with that second unit. And it made it work. And if even if you look at the numbers, the plus minus, <laughs> like, well, first of all, everybody, go ahead. I think you have the, you have the plus minuses um, written up on. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, like, since the Knicks, since the Knicks basically led from start to finish, they, they led wire to wire. Everybody have a plus minus on the Knicks. Everybody, I mean, everybody has a positive plus minus on the Knicks. RJ Barrett plus 21, Randall plus 18, Mitchell Robinson plus 9, Fournier plus 6, Burks plus 26, Quickly plus 28, Gibson and McBride both plus 19. So 
Yeah, everybody was just balling, especially that second unit. That second unit definitely put the clamps on the Mavericks and definitely increased that lead to where the game was just unreachable. Yeah, and kind of like this thing, like it kind of, it's kind this quarter kind of just reiterates the fact that R.J. Barrett is on his way to kind of stardom for me, man. It's, it's yeah. getting ridiculous how easily he's able to get to the hole and get to the room with regularity. Like, I was even, like, and even get to the foul line. He didn't get to the, he didn't get to the foul line too crazy today, but in general, just do whatever he wants. Now he's a three-level scorer. Um, He didn't shoot the three well today. But it's like it got to the point where he's putting so much pressure on the defense when it got to the third quarter, the Mavs actually started to double him. And, and usually what happens is usually what happens is, you know, they'll double R.J. Barrett at the point of attack. Um, to kind of stop that pick, pick and roll at the top, but the t- today they act tonight, they actually doubled RJ, like just on the left side of the floor, standing around. So I'm looking at this, I'm like, all right, he's starting to get that glimpse of that that superstar treatment to the to the point where they're doubling him by, by him just being on the floor in general, and now he's creating open shots for his teammates just by standing. And this is the first time I think I've seen that happen um, this season, which is crazy to me. Yeah, most definitely. Oh, oh go ahead. No, I was just adding that, yeah, like, you know, RJ getting that double team was definitely a first this season. I don't think any team has really double teamed him like that. He definitely had the freedom to where, you know, he can go one-on-one and, you know, either drive to the basket or make a play. But, yeah, this is, like, pretty much the first time from what I can remember, like you said, where – RJ Barrett was actually getting double teams. Yeah, and it's like the fact that he's able to get to the rim regularity and the fact that he's making his handle is so much tighter that he's able to make these quicker, crisper passes in traffic. Um, it, It's kind of elevating his game to like superstardom. He's not a superstar yet, but you can see – you can see where things can start to develop. He found Alec Burks for open threes. I don't know how many times he hooked up Mitch a couple of times for easy baskets. Uh, uh, there's going to be a point in time where, and this guy's only 21 years old. So there's going to be a point where he starts to really put everything together. And you, he's going to be able to dissect the team pretty simply. Um, next season, RJ Barrett is going to be, um, a sight to behold. And if we make a play in this season, if we make a play in, I'm really curious to see if he could elevate his game to the next level because he 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 he, uh, he laid an egg last time. He laid an egg mm-hmm. when we played against Atlanta Hawks. And you know, the the guys who are hard workers, the guys who have that championship mentality, they don't forget things like that, and they're gonna want to um they want to go on and get that one back. They want to. They're going to want to have a better impression than the following seasons. So, so kudos to uh, to R.J. Barrett and what he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, most definitely. And like I said, um, during the previous show that we had, R.J. Barrett, the first season Knicks have a good record. I, I guarantee it. Like I would bet money that's going to be his first All Star appearance because the way he's playing right now. All he needs to do is put one full season together. That's all he has to do. Once he puts one full season together and the Knicks have a good record, he's going to get his first All-Star appearance, and then he's going to be a multiple-time All-Star after that. You see, everything is there with R.J. Barrett. Everything yeah. is there to become an all, a multiple-time All-Star, possibly even 
superstar if he keeps on progressing at this rate. Yeah, absolutely, which is a big deal for us because, um, you know, we haven't really hit on picks in the top 10. We've been really well with our second-round picks with, you know, Mitch and Grimes. I mean, second-round picks out of the lottery picks, I mean, with Mitch and Grimes and Deuce and Jericho Sims contributing right now. Like, we've done really well um, after the lottery, but we really haven't hit on a top 10 pick since uh since forever i don't even want to yeah, say i don't even want to say kp because we already see what's <laughs> happening with kp right now <laughs> but, but but that's the closest we even had so for rj barrett to take this step this soon and also have the right character and the right attitude it bodes well for us and it bodes well for our future especially considering we have cat space we have flexibility we have picks we have young guns we have a as, as abysmal as the season has been, that we still have a lot of great things headed for us, especially with R.J. Barrett emerging as a guy who could possibly start to attract other players here. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, yo, show. Shout out to the chat, man. Shout out to everybody here, All82. Shout out to Starlight Rolls. Shout out to Picks for Timmy. Um, and everybody else who's rocking to the, with the KOT show. If you want to call in and talk Knicks basketball, you already know what to do. Um, hit um, you can call the number below. Number is six. Uh, what's what's the number again, Ryan? <laughs> the, the, the number is three one nine five two seven six two four one. Exactly. I almost said my actual phone number on here. That would have been bad. That would have been super bad. I had all every, every nation troll calling my phone, and that's not what we need. All Fact. right. No fritz today, so I'm handling all the calls by myself. So I'm not sure who it is. But first, call up. We're gonna find out together who you are. All right. Let's go. Hello. 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 Yo. What's going on? What's going on, guys? RJ from Jersey. Yo, what's going on, RJ from Jersey? Hi. How you guys doing? Um, Yeah, I I thought this, you guys were mentioning about RJ, it was a good game to show that he's continuing his development. Like, this is is considered a quiet night now for RJ. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As a a rookie, as a sophomore, even at the start of this season, quiet nights were considered like 8 points, 4 of 12 shooting. I remember that stretch in like November, December, he, he was struggling to even crack, you know, 12 points. Yeah. And tonight, goes out there, he has a casual 18-7-4, just one turnover, I think, uh, oh, 21 in the box score. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's, it's just showing how much he's grown since then. He's confident, he's determined, and I just love what I see. And, you know, you look at all the guys, that he's being compared to early on in his career, Butler, Jalen Brown, those guys got off to even slower starts in their careers than RJ did. And RJ has been younger. You know, he was, a, I think he was 19 as a rookie, now he's 21. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it just shows, you know, when you have a little patience, it's, it's going to pay off. And it, it seems like it's paying off right now. And uh, Ryan, you made a good point just a second ago on once we start winning, he's going to get starting to, he'll start to get that recognition more. And, um, and remember, Jay Ellis. Mm-hmm. This is what we were saying, man. Uh, it's never about tanking. If they can no. win and the youth starts contributing, I'm all for it, dude. And, you know, it, it's always been about the youth. Absolutely. Me. It's not about wins, not about losses or Jaden Ivey. I, if they can win and it's it's the kids contributing, it's Deuce playing that defense and RJ and Mitch continuing to show their development, I am definitely for it. And um, that's it. Also, shout out to Clyde tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yo, Clyde was getting... 
Kyle was Rick amazing. And Luca, countless weeks. Oh my God! He was... How many times you called him a crybaby? <laughs> that <Yeah>. was amazing. <laughs> You guys have a good rest of the night. All right. All right, man. All right. Salute to my guy, RJ. Thanks for RJ. He's becoming a regular caller on the show, man. Appreciate you, RJ. But, yeah, man, shout out to Clyde because Clyde was in this bag um, roasting Luca every chance he got. Yeah. Calling the biggest crybaby in the NBA. I almost saw the Jordan. I almost put the. I know everybody saw the Jordan crying face in their head when he started complaining after every little call. And it's not like he don't get calls. So it's like, I don't understand it. Exactly, and dude got 14 texts this season, so you know this dude's an ultimate crybaby. He's a crybaby elite. Yeah, man, Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame <laughs> stuff right here. But yo, yo, back to R.J. Barrett though, because it's interesting because uh, I was looking at some numbers for R.J. Barrett, and um, his, his his field goal percentage hasn't really um taken a jump too crazily, which is interesting, right? Like he's he's shooting. 43% from the field in January, 42% in March. And so far, I mean, in February and March, he's shooting 39%, which is like, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like he's shooting bad though. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it, but like what you're seeing, but for some reason, his plus or minus, his plus minus is in a positive on, in March for the first time this whole season, plus 11 in March. Uh, oh, you know what? You know what? He was a plus six in October. But the other thing that's kind of crazy is his usage rate. His usage rate is insane. His usage rate is at 31.3 so far in March. Ooh. Yeah. Compared to October when he was at 20. Like, that's a huge jump for RJ Barrett. It kind of shows you what's happening right now. He's taking on a huge part of the responsibilities. And it's paying off dividends. And, and it's funny because... It's not at the expense of Julius Randle either, because Julius Randle's usage rate is is crazy too. It's still in the thirties and thirty six. It just it just means Evan Fournier and Alec Burks ain't shooting as much. That's really what's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, um, you know, I want to touch on something else too. We, I want to talk. I want to touch on what RJ said earlier. Right? He talked about it's not about wins or losses, but it's how we are winning. These games, and we're winning the game with the youth. Um, and the youth had had key moments in this game. And I'm I'm gonna get on my manual quickly soapbox once again. I'm gonna get on my <laughs> manual quickly soapbox one more time. All right, because once again, Emmanuel quickly today has this crazy game. He he scores 27 points the game before today. Uh, he only had what nine mm-hmm. points. Yeah, nine points. Nine points, <laughs> right? Nine points, six assists. But the highest plus minus on the game at the night is plus twenty eight. And I know I saw a commenter call him Alonzo Trier. <laughs> Alonzo Trier. I never seen Alonzo Trier play defense like what? Emmanuel quickly. Had. Who's man? <laughs> I never seen it, but here's the thing about quickly, right? And I've said it before, and I say it again. Um, Emmanuel quickly, and I talked about Emmanuel quickly and McBride having a chemistry, and you saw the, the defensive chemistry they had today. But Emmanuel quickly with Julius Randle is also something else I, I, I've told you guys about. Emmanuel quickly to me. Produces more shots for open shots for Julius Randle in particular than anybody else on the team. Point blank, period. The first shot that 
Randall made was off of Emmanuel quickly pass. And then in that third quarter, when um when uh Tom Thibodeau refused to uh change the, the first unit out again and they cut the lead to 14, which is like Bruh. yo, Tom, I don't I don't understand. I just don't understand why you keep <laughs> keep these first unit in the game when everything is on fire. I just don't get it. But I digress. <laughs> quickly checks in the game and automatically like Randall and quickly have the synergy again. He's creating shots, open shots for Randall once again. So it's not all about getting shots. It's not all about, you know, and I get that, you know, he still has to work. He's, he has to work on his playmaking in general. He's not always a great passer, but today he had a really good passing game. He has six, six assists today. And in that first half, he set up a lot of people for open shots. They just didn't make them. And the yeah. defense was there. And that defense with him and McBride, was there as well. So I mean, I and I'm gonna just say this one other thing because I, I feel like Ryan G chopping at the bit. I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna say <laughs> one other thing. I had I went on my rant. I went on my rant early about the quickly hate, right? Why do Knicks fans hate quickly so much? And this is not to say you are not allowed to criticize players because you are allowed to criticize players. No, no player. Is, is void of criticism. What I'm complaining about is even when the player does well and they're having a good game, not a perfect game, but a good game, people crap on the kid. And to me, when you people crap on him and say, oh, he's still a bum, he's still... To me, that you have an agenda. To me, that's like that's more of like an agenda than we're rooting for young kids. Because let's, let's be real about it. Yeah, complaining about the youth not being able to have playing time and having to be able to play through mistakes and then complain when somebody's complaining through mistakes and trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And y'all did the same thing with RJ Barrett when he was going through his thing and y'all wanted to trade him a few years, a few months back. And y'all I'm seeing the same thing happen with quickly when he's trying to figure out his second year. I, I, I'm not saying he doesn't have his flaws. I'm just saying, let the kid develop in peace and let all these kids develop in peace. Because it's going to be a time where McBride struggles too. You, know, you see McBride, he's, he's struggling offensively, but defensively he has an impact. But there's going to be a time where all these kids struggle. And I don't want, I don't, I don't want to hear, oh, he's a bum. Oh, I'll get him up. Like, it, it's, it's a little bit too much. That's all I have to say. Yeah, and I'm just going to um, hop in a little bit more. Um, I think people have to realize that you have to try to be fair with players because especially with young players, because not every young player gets it immediately. Only real special young players get it immediately. It's, it's more, more often than not, it takes young players at least a good three years or so to finally get it and come into their own. And, I, and look, quickly he deserved his, you know, the bashing he got earlier on in the season because, yeah, he was not playing well even though his impact on defense was still there. So it's like, even though he wasn't playing well offensively, defensively all season, you could argue that IQ has made a huge impact for the Knicks, especially on the defensive end. Right. But the thing is, is that like JL has said, if the, if the kid is playing well, why are you going to continue to bash the kid? At least give the kid his props. Let's, let's try to be fair here. Like, especially with Julius Randle. Like, Julius Randle this season, 
you already know the story with Julius Randle. Yeah. He has not played well this season. Nope. He's had a lot of attitude problems this season. And does he deserve most of the bashing he's gotten this season? Of yeah. course he has. But lately, Julius Randle's been playing well. And I don't feel the need to bash him because I'm like, he's playing well. Why am I going to continue to bash him if he's actually producing well and he's playing with him a bit more energy as opposed to earlier in the season? So let's try to be fair to these guys. Let's not just continue to bash them just to bash them. Only bash them if they deserve it at the time. But, yeah, getting back to quickly. Um, quickly, I, I think the one thing that people have been overlooking about Quickly's game lately that he's also picked up on is that as a guard, he's grabbing rebounds and starting fast breaks. Yeah. And, I think that's a, and I think that's a very big positive right there. Because that helps to push the pace, and that helps the Knicks get easier shots as well. So you mm-hmm. have to give quickly that you have to give quickly credit for that as well. And I mean a big, I mean well, he shot two of eight tonight and had a plus twenty eight. That just that just shows you that on the defensive end, he's doing his job. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And then when you have him, McBride, RJ, other defensive guys around him like that, it creates the the defense that those guys create together when they're on the floor, it's crazy. It's, it's like swarming defense. There's no space to do anything uh, for the opponent. Yeah, it's crazy how good their rotations are when they're all on the court together. And, like, man, even with McBride, there was a portion of the game where Luka had 17 points in the third quarter. McBride checks in with and quickly checks in. And, all and you know, we've seen – I think Tommy Beard pointed this out. Uh, we've seen how easily um, Burks and these guys – where um, let Luka Doncic switch onto the big centers and just abuse them for step back threes. Once McBride was on him, that stopped. <laughs> that stopped completely. <laughs> like, like he was guarding McBride one on one. He was you didn't see Taj on him from the moment McBride stepped in the game. So these are like the these are like the little things that are happening with McBride and, and quickly together and 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 the, and the youth movement. Like so, like we we just have to give these 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 guys some time to grow and even and you know i get it you know, quickly he's not a, a a a jason kid mold point guard but you know lou williams isn't easy everybody loves lou williams that's all i do <laughs> <laughs> everybody loves lou that's all i gotta say about that <laughs> uh yo i got i see we got another caller up um, like I said, no Fritz today, so I'm not sure who's on the line. So um, we're gonna figure. Oh, we got a couple of callers up. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me hurry up and get, and get through these callers. All right. First caller up. Um, let's see. Let us know what your name is and where you from. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. What up, my guy, JT? Road. Let's go. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Going on. Challenge. This, uh, this is a good. This is uh, definitely, definitely a good win. I know the hate ain't really there too much because the snake ain't there no more. But it is what it is, man. I like what I'm seeing. I like that the youth is playing and and um and that's definitely, man. The piggyback of what you're saying is the truth, man. It's like you got. We got to get these kids time. We have to, and that's why, like, you know, I know the Knicks fans right now is divided. You got the tank people, and then you got the yeah. people. Keep on to keep on um, to just win as much as you can. It's like, man, right now it's just about the development. Because first of all, I got no faith in the in the tank at all. It don't matter. We could go 
one and eighty one, I still don't think we'll get the number one pick because when when have we ever got the number one pick besides Pat? And look how long ago that was. Exactly. So, yeah. and even and even if we did, like I keep saying all the time, how many times have a player from drafted from one to ten led his team to the championship in the first two years? It's still going to take time. He's not going to be he's not going to be the answer to to all of our problems immediately. So I think it's, like, a good way to protect Knicks fans from themselves if, like, for those who are heavy on that tank train, because they're going to be tight anyway because if we get a young rook who is a rook who has to play through the mistakes and, and you know, and develop, it's not going to be what you want him to be off rip. So y'all going to stay, y'all still going to be mad. So that's just my quick soapbox on that. Like I said, I'm glad to see it. I'm As always, we always say all 82, not just a fan when we win it. And Randall is finally playing good. Hopefully, it translates to the Garden. Hopefully, he plays good in the Garden. Yeah, that's like always. You know, that's the that's the running joke this season. That's a fact. He plays better on the road. And RJ, shout out to RJ. RJ has been playing. I wanted him to crack that twenty today, but too. it is what it is. And as far as and it's, say again, no, I said me too. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. As far as quick is concerned, quick. He um. That's the thing. Like we, like, like I've been saying since summer league. He's as far as the point guard position. He's not really for that, but he's he's like he's playing his role. He's doing other stuff. The rebounding, the you know, he's going to get his shot up. That's his role. That's his you know. So just he plays within the flow of the game. And like you said, he you know the way he he facilitates. Is he going to probably have a bad game the next game or whatever? It is, but that's the point. He's all of these guys are first and second year players, some third year players, and it's like that's the whole point of your rookie contract. So. I like what I see. Very curious to know. Just very, very curious to know what is this team gonna look like when everyone's healthy. Yeah. Because I think that's what everyone's concerned. Because it's like I think if everyone is healthy and Tibbs is actually still utilizing the young guys, then this season, to my opinion, becomes salvageable. Because yeah, it took too late, but hey, at least it happened. So that's what I'm always. That's what you know. You're just you're just gonna keep your eyes on. Because right now, unfortunately, the youth is playing because we have no choice. So hopefully. That that continues. Hopefully that that he doesn't he doesn't switch out and start tipping. <laughs> right. We got, <laughs> we got you know when we got when we got the um, when we get when we got the vets back. So that's all I'm hopeful for. Because at the end of the day, man, no matter how I don't care how it happens, we just want this we want the team to win and do good. So, uh, so that's all I got for y'all. Just keep doing what y'all doing. As always, make sure everybody like, subscribe, share, and I'm out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, shout out to my guy JT. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, man. Hopefully this continues because, like you said, we we did we did get to see IQ play with Randall, and I like I said, I feel like he creates open shots for more open shots for Randall than anybody else. But um, is that because you know we had to play Alec Burks a little bit more minutes because Cam is injured, so Burks's minutes is now up because Burks played thirty eight minutes today. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, is that reason why? And if you know we have a, a power, a backup power for it now, will that be the case, or will we be stuck to having Alec Burks being the point guard in, in, in important situations? So that's something that uh, remains to be seen. Uh, as far as now, though, we're starting to see little things. We're starting to see Tim Sims come in before Taj, but then Taj is ultimately playing more minutes than Sims is because Sims only plays five minutes and thirty one seconds today. <laughs> so <laughs> that's something else to keep an eye on. All right. Yeah, and just to um, mention something about that, too, like, you know, Sibs has, has been doing a better job of playing the kids lately, lately, but that's the one thing I don't like about Sibs, the way he uses Sims, because lately it seems like, even though, let me put it out there, 
Todd Gibson did play well today. It's not like Todd Gibson stunk it up when he was in the game and Sims was just sticking with him and not giving Sims a chance. Todd played very well today. Yes. But it's, but it's, but it's, it's just the fact that it seems like he'll put Sims into the game. And then if, then if Sims gets two quick fouls, he takes him out the game and then he doesn't give him a chance afterwards. Yeah. He just sticks to dot. He just sticks. To, he just sticks to Taj. So that's so that's the one thing where it's like, you know, like come on, at least give Sims some type of lead. Uh, not like leeway. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at least allow the kid a chance to mess up and then give him another chance afterwards. Once the kid messes up, he's out. He's out for the rest of the game. Yeah. So yeah. Now I agree with you. It kind of re- it reinstates the for- the fact that it's the. Uh, the front office might have a lot to do with what's going on, like, <laughs> like, I, like, uh, I feel like that's what the front office is doing while he's he's even gotten a shot in the first place, and um, we still like, the front office out in Houston, um, World Wide West, shout out the World Wide West, and those guys they gotta stay on his neck, all right. Now, now so front office, I need y'all to keep on tips next. Next thing I want <laughs> you guys to address is third quarter. Too routinely, we have these this the first unit playing almost the entire third quarter no no matter if they're playing good or bad they're playing almost the entire third quarter if they're blowing 28 point leads and getting cut to 14 um they y'all need to y'all need to call a timeout i need to see where our west call the timeout from the stands and the tips bring it in yeah bring in mcbride and these guys because these guys ain't getting it done like i need to see that happen a lot faster and then then maybe we'll be getting somewhere all right and, and I'll say this too. Um, with Burks' improvement in play, I know why Burks. I know why Burks have been has been playing better lately. Oh yeah. Because because if you look, Burks only plays point guard. Like if you really look at the game, he only really plays point guard in the first quarter for those first few minutes. Then afterwards, Burks plays either IQ or McBride by his side. So Burks goes from being a point guard to an actual wing, which is his actual position. And that's why he's playing better right now because he doesn't have to really be he doesn't because he doesn't really have to take on that point guard role for the whole game. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that as well about Burks. He's pretty much been relegated to a spot up shooter over these last few games, which yeah. is okay with me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next caller up, man. Um, like I said, I'm not sure who this is. We're just gonna all find out together. All right. Next caller up. I think you've been on hold for 12 minutes. I'm going to get you in here, all right? Hello. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's going on, yep. man? Hello. Hey, man, what's good? Big Reaper. What's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? We, we all right, man. We yeah, right. yeah, we straight. Yeah, I mean, it was, I'm happy about the win, obviously, you know, mostly because, you know, there he is starting to play, you know, some of the young guys. I'm appreciative he's starting to play McBride and for me it was like you know I really don't you know care that much at this point of the season whether or not the guy's ready for the floor or not it's just more about like you know I would like to see him get real minutes you know I mean he's not, if you're saying he's not ready just play him right you know because it's like it's, it's getting a little ridiculous where we pick up these guys like Frank you know they might not be ready to play, but you still got to train them up. You can't just give up and bury them in the bench and be like, oh, he can't play, don't let him play. And, uh, but it's a really good win. Julius played great. RJ played great. You know, RJ did a really good job passing out a double team in the yeah. first half, and then they started throwing the double teams at him like uh, earlier mm-hmm. in the play in the third quarter. But I still felt he did a great job passing out of that double team. He did. But then 
Tibbs like went away from it. <laughs> so you have a guy who's actually uh, they throw the WT man him early, and he's doing a great job taking advantage of it. And it's like, and they go away from it. And so it was just you know that was a little head scratch. And then and then the the other thing too, obviously, like the guy said, was um, like why wait so long to do the subs? And it's you know and then Fournier. I mean, today, I think something might be wrong with him today. Something seemed like off in that third quarter. He was just like a statue. It was crazy. The ball bounced in front of him a few times, and he didn't even pick it up. Uh, and it was off rebounds. And so I was wondering if, like, you know, because normally he's not a great defender. He just sucks on defense. However, he does, like, usually he does try to, like, run for the ball. He plays passing lanes and stuff like that. So it was, like, really interesting to see to see him kind of like, it's almost like he was laboring. He was like, he was like, he was more of a statue than normal today in that third quarter. But, you know, we got through it. And you guys are right, playing uh, McBride, as you can kind of tell, towards the end of that first quarter, when they brought McBride in quickly in, that's when we started really extending the lead mm-hmm. going into the second quarter. And then after the first unit came in, they did a decent job maintaining it into the half. And then in the third quarter, the first unit all basically started losing the lead. And then once they inserted, like, McBride and quickly in, like, three to four minutes left in the third quarter, then it just, you know, uh, they kind of pushed it back up. It, it's pretty much the defense. is like you guys already talked about it, and so it was really good. Uh, you know, the other thing you guys were talking about with quickly, I think the issue is why people, like, start, like, bashing these players. I, I don't feel comfortable bashing young players either, especially when, when they're, like, I'm an older dude. Like, I'm, like, I'm 45. Right. And so I feel really weird, like, people talking about, like, 23-year-olds. I remember <laughs> when I was 23. Right. So, <laughs> like, compared to these kids, you know, it's like, so it, it feels weird bashing 23-year-olds, and especially giving up. When I see people give up on, like, 21, 22, 23, it's kind of crazy to me. It's like... Like, who in life, aside from basketball, gives up on, like, 21, 22-year-olds, right? Yeah. So, it's, it's kind of, it's rare. Never mind. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> too deep, too deep, too deep. Okay, it's, about, it's government. <laughs> but it's just, it's bad. It's bad to do that. It's not, it's not a good look. But the issue is, is because Tibbs keeps playing, putting these players, like, in roles where he's not putting them in the best roles to succeed. Succeed. Yeah, and I'll be the first one to like tell you the reason why Tiff never went away from quickly this year is like he's like throughout the whole year he's probably been the most consistent defender and a perimeter, and yeah. so and that's why it's very hard for him to get you know to come off the court, and so you know and so I think that but Tiff put these guys in the wrong spot and then people start hating them because for example it's like Tiff is playing uh, burst starting point guard and then uh quickly struggling at the point guard but he put all his eggs in a quickly basket at point guard and then he doesn't want to play mcbride and you're right so then people have it sort of starts having their own agenda and it's but it's because of tips right you know he, he <laughs> looks like he's being stubborn and it's just pissing everyone off and everyone's like this is ridiculous you know they don't want to see it anymore so but you're right you, you got to give people props when they play well so you know I, and i definitely agree with that and so, and you definitely don't want to be, you know, get personal with it. But honestly, this was a great win, you know, for them wire to wire. Yeah. Uh, they always seem to get up for the, uh, for these maps and facts, you know, so I don't know why, but they definitely do. So <laughs> it was a great win, you know, absolutely but great show guys. Thank you guys for taking my call. All right. Yo, uh, all right man, thank you. Yeah, man. Shout out to Reaper. Yeah. Makes three points.
That's our other unofficial stats guy, uh, the Reaper <laughs> over there. Made a, a lot of good points, and yeah, man, the defensive quickly has kept them on 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 the floor in general. And listen, man, this is not this has always been me. Every time we talk about young players, it could have been Franklin Lakina, it could have been Tony Douglas, it could have been anybody. I like any any young player, I'm giving <laughs> leeway. Any yeah. young player, I give leeway. I'm much harder on guys who are like once you hit like 26, 27. Yeah. Uh the, then the flip changes in my head. The flip because that's considered your prime. So now I'm just like, all right, now you should now you should know better. Now you should know better, Fournier. Now you should know better, Randall. Now you like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now the leash is a little bit shorter for me in my mind anyway. Um, but yo, you have anything to add to that? No, I, I completely agree. I always give young players a bit of leeway. I mean, you know, I could I could be hard on some young players. I was hard on Kevin Knox. I'm not gonna front on that. But you know but, what? The Kevin Knox thing. Okay, there's one caveat. My one caveat is effort. Yeah. My one caveat is effort. If you're a young player and I feel like you're not putting in effort, so like the low energy, low motor thing, that that thing pisses me off. That's the only thing that kind of like pisses me off for a young player. Like everything else, I would uh, I had excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like with me, I do give the majority of young players, you know, benefit of the doubt because, like I said, oh, like we said, you know, young players don't get it immediately. A lot of them, it takes time, and you have to be willing to go with the. You have to be. Able, you have to be willing to roll with the punches and go through the growing playing pains with these players to see what kind of players they can become. Yeah, yeah. Civil analyst says, "Y'all remember when everyone was lining up to sign Bertans? Man, listen." Yeah. Bruh. Yeah. I, 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 hey, uh, everybody is me. I ain't everybody. I was fooled too. And now this guy turned into, uh, you know, Dollar Tree KP, and he can't yeah. get, he can't buy a basket, <laughs> and he looks pretty horrible right now. Not one of my brightest, oh, not man. one of my uh, proudest moments. He he, he finagled Five everybody, years. man. He finagled everybody, man. Five <laughs> years, eighty million for a guy who has forgotten how to shoot the ball. Crazy. Jeez. Crazy, got his bag and just turned into a pumpkin. Word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shout out, hold on, gunshot for silver analytics. Okay. Oh, he, oh, he, he, he just said it twice. He said it in the chat, and then he said it with twenty dollars. Uh, he says, "Y'all remember when everyone was lined up to sign bird hands?" He said it twice with your chest. He just wanted me to say it again that we made a mistake live on it. All right, cool. I get it, silver analyst. I, I get it. All right, not one of our greatest let, takes. Let, let, all right, let's just let's just be glad the Knicks actually didn't go for him. Let's just be glad. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um. So let, let's get to it, Ryan. Let's get to it. We 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 alluded to this earlier. The Knicks have now won three in a row. Could have possibly been four. And it seems like we can possibly make it into the play-in. We have the Charlotte coming up. Coming up, um, we have uh, the Atlanta Hawks also coming up in our radar. We have the Nets coming up. Um, if I'm looking at the schedule, like there's a there's like a lot. There's a pretty decent amount of winnable games. But you you already know how it is in Knicks Nation. You once you, once you start. Counting these winnable games, that's when you lose. So I, I don't <laughs> like to do it. I don't like to do yeah. it. I don't like to do it. But when you're looking at these schedules, there's a, there's a decent amount of winnable games with teams who are still kind of in that bottom tier, trying to figure out if they can make the playoffs or not. 
but the question is, Ryan, is it worth fighting for the play in? And I, you kind of was talking about it behind the scenes, and you didn't exactly say it, but I kind of know what you're alluding to, and I'm, I'm gonna just let you give your thoughts on it. Yeah. So, first and foremost, I'm always gonna be on the side of winning. You know, I feel like with the young players playing, you know, and they're winning games, that's gonna do a lot for their development, and that's gonna create winning habits for those young players. So I'm always going to be on the side of winning as opposed to losing and tanking games. But here's my concern because you have to remember, before the Knicks went on this three-game winning streak, we were all here complaining about Dave's coaching and how Knicks need to change their coach and how there have to be changes on the roster mm-hmm. and this and that to incorporate more of the younger players and get them more minutes and things of that nature. So my only concern with the Knicks winning games and getting into that play-in is the front office, will they feel like these changes still need to be made? Or will they or will they be like, you know what? They're winning. They got they got into the play in. Randall is playing better. Fournier's playing better. And and then they, and then they're like, you know what, let's just stick with what we got. Yeah. And then go into the next season and then next season the the same problems are gonna occur again where the young players are not gonna be getting much playing time. They're just gonna rely on the vets. And the Knicks are going to be basically playing to win and whatever the case may be. So do I want the Knicks to win and make the play? Of, of course I do because I, I think winning is good for the youth, especially the fact that we're playing the youth a lot of minutes right now. Yeah. But at the same time, like, will the front office have the know-it-all to be like, okay, even though, that, even though the Knicks are winning and it got into the play-in, this roster cannot remain the way it was last season, so we still have to make these same changes despite the fact that the Knicks are winning and they got into that play. And that's my only concern with the Knicks winning right now. Yeah, I agree with you then. I, I, I knew that she was going. And, and you're absolutely right. I think the Knicks could making the play and signals to the front office that everything is okay. And... I'm not sure if that's the case, considering the fact that even though we made the play, and we're still going to be considerable games under 500, and that's yeah. not where you want to be as a franchise. You don't want to be considerable amount of games under 500. So, like, it might it might delay the process of moving some vets. It might delay the process if you're if you're not a fan of Tibbs, and he's going to take credit. See, I told you you could do it. Um, <laughs> it can, you know. He'll definitely be here. He'll definitely get a whole season next season for me to play in, I, I believe. And um, if that's not what you're looking for, that can be what happens here. And it'll be, like you said, like Ryan G said, it'll be great for these the young guys. If R.J. Barrett performs great in the playoffs this season, it's going to be great. Um, and Tibbs will take credit for developing R.J. Barrett. And to be honest, um, I think he deserves a lot of credit for um, – Helping R.J. Barrett develop, I think that's probably one of his biggest uh, accomplishments. Accomplishments while being here. On the flip side of that, I'm not sure if he's been so great at developing, you know, some of the other young guys here. Like I feel like he's kind of missed the boat on some of the other giving the other guys opportunities, and that's where I feel like he's falling short. Um, my hope is if we do make the play-in, that the front office is still smart enough to bare minimum take a look at that part and kind of have like a performance review still like hey sims is you see what you see how tim's got 10 rebounds in the first quarter 
against Joel Embiid. Don't forget that he's still here. Don't forget that, you know, he still needs some minutes. Like, I, they need to stay on Tom Thibodeau regardless if he made the play-in or not. Uh, and that's and that's my take on it. Somebody said Obi, too. Uh, he said, uh, t- Picks for Timmy says, I don't think Tibbs bodes well for Obi. Uh, and I 100% agree with you there, too, as well. I don't think Tibbs bodes well for Obi. I feel like... I feel like us making a play-in guarantees Randall is here for another season. Uh, it guarantees Tibbs is here for another season. And it kind of puts guys like McBride, Cam. McBride, Cam, and Obi in general, those three guys in particular, might be in a little bit of trouble next season on like where they are in development. So, that's what uh, I think. The, the, off, the front office is going to have to like kind of step in and make some decisions. And like I said last few episodes, moving on from Fournier or, and Burks, one or the other or both, might solve a lot of issues with us developing the youth. Because then you can have Cam play with RJ or Grimes play with RJ. Um. And you can also have Cam get some get minutes as well, and have Obi have the opportunity to play still as well. But still, in that scenario, still Obi is still in trouble because he's still behind Randall. And I feel like you're gonna end up flipping Obi anyway. To be honest with you, if Randall is still here, and yeah, that's that's really have to say about that. Yeah, I agree. All right, all right. Wait, we still have more callers. Okay. Let's get to it. All right. Next caller up. Um, Let's see. I'm switching to you right now. Hello. Let us know what your name is, where you're from, and what we're going to talk about. I'm up. Yep. Yeah. Hey, gentlemen. Uh, Ryan G., this is... Uh and JL, this is Craig Ward speaking to me. How are y'all? Blessings. Oh, what's going on, Craig? Yeah, sorry. Hey, man, what's good? Sorry to have you on uh, so long. What's good? Yeah, yeah, you know, because I was about to hang up because everything I wanted to say, you said <laughs> y'all already said. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> y'all put everything that was in my head out on the airwaves. So it's like, man, hang up the phone, man. Just go on and go to bed. But <laughs> here's my thing. Um... I like the fact of how the, the the turnaround is happening on the road right now, and we're starting to see how our team is playing against, you know, the upper echelons of the uh, the NBA uh, teams. Um, where I was expecting this uh, road trip to go to the pits, you know, that we were going to just exist and and just be the opposite team to play against somebody that was just going to. You know, just blow us out. But in turn, we blowing out just just about all everybody in the West that um, looks like it's going to be in the um, playoffs. Which is what um, if we would have won that one against the Suns, that was disappointing. You know, we would have been really shining the light on how this team had turned around, like Tibbs said it would. But here's my thing about um, Tibbs. Um. He promised us that he was going to change. He was going to be the same coach. Yeah. I think I mentioned it a few times when I was telling you about how he was in Chicago and how he was in Minnesota um, uh, with the Timberwolves. And um, 
we saw the second year uh, with the Timberwolves where, you know, he he uh, he wasn't that great of a coach. He was going through old habits. He was running the uh, the uh, the vets into the ground, even when they were going out there with slings and and, and braces and and splints on them. He's still going to run yeah, them hard. Yeah, I remember 30, 35, 40 minutes and stuff like that. But um, the office went ahead and got you know I think they dug into him to make him start playing the youths and. I was against everything that he wanted to do. Um, so if he wanted to save his job with the Knicks, he was going to have to play the youth. It was it was by force. Yeah. And by force, you see now how we look like a dynamic team. Like, like this not the same. I was looking on the, watching the game, and I was like, that's not the Knicks that I know. Who, who are these guys? Yeah, every time, every time, quickly and Bray Bri got in. The team looked completely different. <laughs> yeah, right. Even with them not scoring. And his, <laughs> the thing that almost frightened me was like towards the very beginning of the third quarter, and we started to um, give away the lead. I was like, "Here it is. This is what I was waiting on. It's happening right yeah. now." Mm-hmm. And I was saying to myself, "Why don't he go ahead and throw the young guys in now before we start struggling to try to mm-hmm. start playing from behind?" Exactly. And he waited he waited entirely too late, too long to do so. I won't say too late, but too long to do so. It's like, I'm going to let them play out their shooting. You know, if they're going to miss, and if you, if you keep shooting, eventually they will fall. Well, what happens if they don't fall? So here's my question. Because he's striving now to make it into the, uh, the play-in, um, it looks like we have a strong chance of making it. Because that saved his job. I really don't want to see him anymore, honestly, between um, between you and me, because um, of what he did to us the whole season. This was almost a washed season right, when right. it didn't have to be. So what's the question? His stubbornness. His his stuff. The question is, if he should we continue to let him coach, or should we start looking for somebody else? My vote still is for Kenny because he does develop the youths and turn them into star players. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and then with the kids, the whole dynamic is right now, when everybody is healthy, does that put them back on the bench and keep them there? Yeah. Or will we just continue to let them play it out? I say the tanking thing, I don't see, I don't like that idea because it will give us a, a it, by getting into the playoffs or plans, it allows the team, the youth especially, to experience because, you know, the playoffs is a whole different kind of game. It ain't the regular season kind of game. It's stronger and tougher. Right, 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 so right. So if, if they get that experience, they'll know what to expect by being in the playoffs, how they got to turn it up a notch and how they got to really play. Right, so, right. So, so, so I think that Tibbs thinks that – I think he thinks that watching the team, watching the youth on the let them watch from the bench is going to be part of their development all right, rather so, so, than being on the court. When right. actually being on the court is a development. Nah, I feel so. you. Let, let, let's, 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 let us answer your question, though. Let's answer your question. I, salute to you, Craig. Thanks you for calling in and uh, and, and across you. It's been a long time, man. It's been a long time. Welcome yeah. back, sir. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for taking my call. Been uh, blessing, gentlemen. Have a good evening. All right, man. Thanks, sir. Um, I already know how Ryan feels, but I'll, I'll let Ryan go ahead. Cause I, <laughs> I already know what Ryan's gonna say. 
Okay, um, actually, I'm gonna let you go first. Answer the question first. I, I want to go second. So, yeah, you answer it first. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, uh, it's like I feel like it might be time to move on from tips. I'm not even gonna lie, and it's rough for me to say it, but like, it, he makes me so nervous about the development. Like, right now, it's like a kind of a pivotal time. Because of the timeline, right? Um, it's just it's like it, it just pains me because you already know RJ backs him. To me, RJ backing him is my biggest reason for like not pulling the trigger because RJ loves this guy. But the fact that Cam is going to be here for next season, and I can see him not using him and we not have any more information on cam or mcbride and those young guys makes me nervous that we're gonna start to lose momentum with these other draft picks so i feel like it almost might it might be time to move on regardless and that's rough for me to say but i I think that's what i'm leaning towards yeah um now if i if i got the question correctly does he mean like at this moment, like right now? At this moment, like no. At the end of the season. At the end of the season, but that like, yeah. like for me to keep it at the end of the season, I would have to see stuff like we're fully healthy and he's still playing the kids. Yeah, because I was like, if he meant at this moment, I would have been like, no, because even though. It probably would be best for the Knicks to move on from Thibs when it comes to the youth development since we see we have a lot of young players with potential. At the same time, it's like he's winning right now. So how would so it's not going to look right for the Knicks to be like, you know what, we're going to relieve you of your duties right now, especially when the team is playing good right now, and then move on from you. Like, now I would let Thibs at least finish out the season. And now when it goes into the offseason, then I would consider making a change and – Whoever that coach may be, whether it's you're bringing in Johnny Bryant to become head coach, you know, because, you know, maybe he'll play the youth more or you bring in a development coach like Kenny Atkinson or any or any other coach out there. You know, I'm going to still shout out my guy, Mark Jackson, but, you know, Kenny Atkinson, whoever else, you know, to come in and develop these young guys, then, you know, that's that's what I would go for going into next season, but I wouldn't fire Tibbs right now. I would, I would, I would at least let Tibbs ride out the rest of the season. Man, if we make the play-in... And we fire Tibbs. If we made the play in the playoffs, and we fire Tibbs, that's gonna look bad. Like we're gonna be. Uh, that's, uh, that's gonna look so bad, man. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna look so bad. Uh, I I don't. I'm, I'm, I might log off for like a month or two with that. <laughs> I don't. Even... The, 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 the only way, like, okay, so if Tibbs makes the play with the Knicks, and. They decide to keep him. The only way it's going to make sense is if the Knicks make actual moves where it's like you give them no other choice but to play the young players to give them like only one or two bets to work with. Yeah. So that's the only way. No, that's the only, only way I can see it working with Thibs being here next season. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's the only way I can say it too. We, we, if we, if we keep him, best case, we, we, we play chess. We keep him. And remove all of his old people options, like portray them to, to, to trade them to old folks home, and then play the kids, and then we're good. That's that's the way I say it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next call up, Fritz. Welcome, welcome back, Fritz. We got uh, our guy. Tell him. 
Testing? Testing. Oh, no, this is, this is a bad one. Hold on. Let me set the good. Testing? Testing. Testing? Testing. You hear me good, right? Testing? Yeah, yeah, yep. We heard yes, you. Sir. We hear you. Hey, how you doing tonight, Jay Ellis? Yeah. Hey, how you doing tonight, my man with the stats and the facts? Ryan G, you already know what time it is, baby. I'm calling after we got this three-game winning streak, and I'm super-duper excited because us Knicks fans are getting what we deserve. We are getting to see the babies. Yes. If you go hard like us, you watch Summer League preseason. Yes. You watch the moves over the, the offseason, and we saw that we, we felt like we made improvements in our weak areas. And to see the roster basically get cut in half all year, 59 games, to 62 games of half the roster being utilized, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. It made us all feel like, man, let's just tank. Let's just fold. But now seeing the youth pull up, it's re-energizing us fans, and it's making some fans feel a certain type of way. Like, should we tank? Should we keep winning? Should we keep the coach? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not a doctor, but we know when it comes to cancer, you got to cut it out. <laughs> so, we know what the cancer is. We know what the cancer is. Don't get excited because we're winning and start brainwashing yourself, Knicks fans. We know we have to go in a different direction after this season. With that being said, I'm extremely excited to see the deuce getting loose. Yes. Extremely excited to see Jericho Sims get some burn. Not enough tonight, but he's been hooping. And I'm seeing that afro jiggle, so I'm excited. You feel me? <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried, though. Let me tell y'all why I'm worried. I'm worried about Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish when they return, and their spot in the rotation. I felt like they were getting minutes. Yeah. I felt like Grimes and Reddish were getting minutes specifically. Not, yeah. not Obi was not getting minutes. But those who were getting minutes before they went down with the hamstring and the shoulder. I want to still see them more than Burks, coach, and I want to see them more than Fournier, coach. Okay? Yes. Because seeing the team – Eat up minutes with Burks, Fournier, and Randall. It really, really – it was one of the problems that I never expected. I never expected to have a team with talent, being a Knicks fan for so long, not having talent, not drafting well, never expected to be able to draft good, have talent, and not use it. So, like I said, that cancer has to go. Enjoy these this last month, Knicks fans. We got the Hornets twice. You know, we pulling up on them in the in the in the playing. Yes, we got right. the Hawks once in the garden. That's gonna be big. Mm-hmm. We got Porzingis twice on the Wizards. Oh yeah, one at okay. home. Let's one go. On the road. Let's go. We got some big games coming up, baby. I'm excited to see again the babies duke it out because if we win a few and Coach goes back to Fournier, Burks, Gibson, Noel, I'm going to get upset. I don't want to see us go into playoff game with that group. The playoff game needs to be made by us with the kids yeah. and let them also play in the game. Don't get us there and then, all right, Burks 48, you know, because you know that's what Coach wants yep. to do. Yeah. Hopefully we can get what we want and be happy. And whether we win or lose, if those guys get experience, the season's not wasted because for almost 60 games we felt like it was. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yo, yo. Yo, tell him, tell him is like UPS, man. Always delivers, man. Always. <laughs> oh, for y'all keep cooking, man. You already know what it is. All 82. We're going to deal with Ja on Fridays. It's going to be hard because Ja's not, uh, he's not no pushover. You no, he's me? not. Ja and yeah. his young monsters are a problem. But we're going to pull up on Ja. You know we're going to pull up on KD. You know we're yeah, going to pull up on Brooklyn. We yes, got sir. to pull up on Brooklyn. Got to. And you know what it is. 
you look at the schedule, there are some winnable games. I don't want to get too hyped because, you know, we are who we are. You feel me? But yeah. <laughs> the future's not looking as bad as it was at, like, the All-Star break. Yeah. Now you're right so about that. Y'all keep cooking. Y'all keep cooking, man. I'm going to hear what y'all got to say. I'm going to call back as always, man. Let's go Knicks. All right. Let's go Knicks. All right, all right. Shout out to shout out to my guy. I see the fives in the chat. <laughs> I see. I see. Timmy, he got the gunshot emojis out there because he see he seeing he liking the call. I, I don't really think this must have really debate. I feel like he was kind of on point with all points. I don't really have anything to really disagree about about it, man. Like he said what he said and he said with his chest. Yeah, I mean, as always, like you said, he's like UPS, always delivers. <laughs> exactly, always yeah. deliver, man. <laughs> oh man, I forgot about the KP games we got. We got some nice. Oh yeah. Oh, we want. Oh, we gotta. We gotta beat the head off the snake. Like, oh my and that, gosh. And that's what I'm saying too. And then, and then the fact that we're gonna see this man four times a year now. Oh, oh boy. Oh my. Listen. Four times to slap him up for every season. I don't care about. Listen. I don't know, man. The way I feel about KP. I don't like. I don't care if we're like two wins from like not from getting the first, the worst lottery pick ever. If we got, if we're playing the Wizards twice, I want to win both. Like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I want to beat KP at everything. All right. I want to be Back. in basketball. I want to be in badminton. I want to beat him in the foot race. I want to beat him in everything. All right. <laughs> like I don't care. I don't care. So hopefully, oh, so yeah, hopefully we beat those, we, we win those Wizards games and the Atlanta game too, because I don't like those guys either. All right. <laughs> exactly. And and I'm and my fault for being off topic, but I just got this funny tweet, and this is actually kind of funny because um, RJ Barrett, because I think RJ Barrett asked a question about him and Mitch in practice, and he said that Mitch has never blocked a, has never blocked him on a three point attempt in practice, and this is what RJ said. I actually talk trash to him whenever we've gone up against each other. I score on him and I tell him, "Not me. I'm not the one. You ain't gonna get me." And then Mitch, <laughs> and, and then Mitch responds on Twitter, "We be on the same team." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ryan. I mean, where's the lie though? All right. He said the man never blocked him on practice. Now you just talk exactly. about ten the cal. You now you just talk about ten the calories. Like he exactly. He told the truth. He's like <laughs> yeah, and it, you know he's never blocked him in practice because they always be on the same team. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but shout out shout out to Mitch. Oh, hold on. Oh, I'm, I'm hitting the ooh button for Mitch. Shout out to Mitch Robinson who had three blocks on it. Man, this man had a sick. He was playing basketball with the bubble guts. All right. <laughs> and had three blocks today, and one of those blocks was blocking the air out of the ball when Luka Doncic tried to hit a step back three. He's like, "Sir, sir, I am not Taz Gibson. You're not hitting those step back threes on me. All right, <laughs> pay that man. That's all I gotta say. All right, yes, sir. That's all I have to say about that. Great show, man. This is—it's been nice not having to. We still almost finished at one a.m., but it was nice yeah. to kind of start a little earlier than usual." All right, you know, so you know what? That is our show. Um, as you already know, if you, if you like the show, please hit that like button and subscribe button. And also 
comment on below you know once the get the, the show is over it's gonna help all the algorithms algorithm and it's gonna help the kot show rise to the top 73 people in the chat y'all all crazy and up late with us talking next basketball after next win i guess everybody's excited that we're on a, a three-game winning streak so shout out to you guys who are excited that we are here and on a three-game winning streak next game is going to be a doozy we are playing the the grizzlies we're playing the grizzlies um and that's gonna be a crazy one that's gonna be yeah. a crazy one yeah, it's gonna be crazy one. You know what? You know what? Before I go to in the chat, let me know where you guys are from. Where are you guys from in the chat? Let me know. Ha- Brooklyn, New York. I don't think I'm New York is here. New York. Are you from out of town? Australia, Jersey. Where are you guys from in the chat? I would like to know. Let me know real quick. But um, yeah, that is our show. Ryan G, let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. The videos are gonna come right now. I'm a bit busy, but once that busyness kind of dies down a bit, then you're gonna see me post more videos on the Knicks and sports in general. Generally, you can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. All right, all right. I see some of the answers are rolling in. We got Jersey City. We got Brooklyn Year. Shout out to Brooklyn Year. All right, Arizona. Okay, we got De- we got Knicks fans in the desert. Shout out to Arizona. Got shout out to you guys. We got yeah. Toronto. Okay, you must be an RJ Barrett fan. That must be what you brought here. Shout out to Toronto. Oh, uh, shout out Boston Nick in the building. He's from Boston, Mass. Means she's the Boston. Shout out to you. Got Oakland in the building. Your Knicks fans at Seattle. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we all over. We all over, man. Myrtle Ab Bedstar do or die. I'll be in Bedstar. Shout out to you. Staten right. Island in the Nick place. Alright, shout out to Nick's Nation. Nick's Yonkers. Nick's Nation is right. everywhere. Yes, sir. Harlem. <laughs> I see you guys. I see you guys. Locksville. Okay. Man, Knicks Nation is everywhere. I got I got to start doing roll calls more often, man. When we start doing these shows, yeah, fact. So I know everybody where I'm from. Like, make sure y'all, make sure people know y'all here, y'all represented. All right, all right, man. All right, you know what? I'm gonna let you guys know where to find us first and foremost. You already know what it is, man. You can find us on at the KOT Show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram. And Facebook as well. Look, we can, we, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and every place where you can listen to um, your podcast at, all right? You can get our KOT hats at thenicktimeshow.com slash catalog. And, you know, go follow us on all social media, all right? For sure, for sure. And, um, yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see going to happen. We'll see if we're in the player in the playoffs. We'll see if the season is extended. And, um, yeah, that's it. That is our show. And as always, shut out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these KOT streets, all right? That is our show. We are out of here. Peace.